Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for this opportunity, God, to come together and to declare your goodness to your people. We thank you and honor you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, it's so funny that that last song that we just did, I think about how uh, last, well, not last, but almost all the time you watch a sporting event on on television and you see how folks uh, celebrate their teams. Um, one of my favorite teams to see celebrated are, is the, uh, they're now called the Los Angeles Raiders. I don't like the team. I just like the fans because the fans be all kinds of, they be dressed up and dressed up. And sometimes I just, I just wonder how, how if we did that in the church, how some of us would look, would some of us look uh, any different or uh, will we just look the same? But anyway, that's just a little side note. We are on episode number three of our series entitled Refocus. Starting off our year talking about this very thing. And our opening thought for today is this. Constantly battling distractions that keep us from focusing on Christ is part of our walk with him. I'm going to say it again. Constantly battling distractions that keep us from focusing on Christ is part of our walk with him. If you remember when we started off on episode one, we talked about being laser focused on Christ, having that intense focus on Christ. And then last week we, we expanded it a little bit and we talked about having our eyes on the kingdom prize. So not only having a laser focus, but how our desire is also for the kingdom. This week we got to talk about distractions. So we talk, uh, So we're going to go with distraction detection. Distraction detection. You know the best thing about a distraction is nothing. There's nothing good about a distraction. We have to know when a distraction is occurring so that when it comes time for us to deal with remaining focused, we know how to remain focused. Little side note, there was this, uh, this movie, I, I, I want to say the name of it was Up. It was a cartoon, and the guy had invented a... Uh, a collar for his dog and the dog could you know could talk through the collar well it really couldn't talk through the collar the collar talked you know modified the brain away oh, okay I'm not gonna go into that okay but anyway you could hear what the dog was thinking so the one of the and a lot of us now have used the saying from that movie cartoon whatever you want to call it the man is talking to the dog, and the dog is sitting there. And then as the man is talking to him, you hear squirrel. 
because a squirrel ran by, and that just let the man know I ain't no longer paying you any attention. We have a lot of squirrels that are running across our path and is causing us complications. So let's look at the, these definitions. Our first definition is refocus. Refocus means to change our emphasis or our direction. Then a distraction. A distraction is a state in which the attention is called in different ways. And look at the other definitions. Confusion. Perplexity. I'm going to have to say that one, one more time. Distraction is a state in which the attention is called in different ways. Confusion. Perplexity. Detection is the act of detecting. The laying open what was concealed or hidden. Discovery. As the detection of a thief. The detection of fraud, forgery, or a plot. So what we are going to be talking about, what we are going to be looking at today, and I ain't going to take long on this because this is one of those ones you're going to hear for a moment and then you got to apply it. We have to apply the fact that we got to detect the distractions and simultaneously recognize the distraction that needs detection. So let's look at Proverbs, the fourth chapter, starting at the 20th verse. We're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter. Uh, in the English Standard Version, it rolls like this. Verse 20 says, My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. 21 says, Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. 22 says, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Mm -hmm. 23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. 24 says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. 25 says, let your eyes look directly forward and your glaze be straight before you. 25 again says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. 26 says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. 27 says, 27 says, do not swerve to the right. Or to the left, turn your foot away from evil. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that it falls upon the good soul of our hearts in Jesus' name. We are in a time period now whereby we have to realize that there's a lot of deception going on. And because there's a lot of deception going on, we can actually find ourselves distracted because of deception. Mm -hmm. But we got to turn on our dist uh, distraction detector. We have to turn on our ability to look at a situation and to interact with the situation in the appropriate manner. I don't know how many of y'all used to play cards, but... Um, there's this thing that we used to say 
in, in when you're playing cards is that all money is not good money. Because there has to be a weighing of what am I what is my goal? And if I do something right now, will that help me to accomplish the goal? It might look good right now, but on down the road, if I stay focused, it may not be good for me. And so as we look at what Solomon is saying to his son in Proverbs, the first thing he says, listen up, boy. I'm going to tell you something. And I want you to listen very closely. Because what I'm going to tell you is going to keep you in all things. Now, I know when I was growing up and my parents would tell me things, I would say that because they're old, they don't know what they're talking about. I know I'm the only one that says that, and I ain't scared because my mama's in here. Just, I can say it. <laughs> yeah. I ain't even scared to say it. I would not listen, but I did learn what not listening would do for, do for you. Most of us, most of us, most of us would like to learn from somebody else's actions instead of our own. I wish I was a member of that club, but that was not my way of doing things. I had to do and find out for myself. And sometimes, as a 16 or 16 year old high school student, getting put on punishment for three weeks was not a good thing. Now, listen, it was not my fault. I'm, I'm just trying to tell y'all, it was not my fault. Yolanda, my wife, would, would, at that time was my girlfriend, was not watch the clock and I had to be home by 11, and she wouldn't tell me till 11 that it was time for me to be home. See, that wasn't right. It wasn't right. And then when I would get home, I would have to sneak in the house because Yolanda didn't tell me because she was a distraction from me getting home on time. But we do this so often that it becomes a part of how we really think. We, we look there and say, I saw somebody else do what I'm finna do, and they got jacked up, but it's going to be different for me. But if we can detect the distraction, the thing that is pulling us away from doing what's right, and identify it as the thing that is not beneficial to us, we'll be in a whole lot of better places. Wisdom is knowing something via somebody else's experience. Knowledge is finding out for yourself. But if I can learn from somebody that has gone before me, and I know how to maneuver, then it becomes easier on me. So that's why he told him in verse 22, he says, For there are life to those who find these words, and that they're healing to you if you adhere to these words. 
And then what he says, the first and foremost thing he says in verse 23, he says, keep your heart. Protect who you are. Be who you are, but you have to protect who you are because out of your heart, all things flow. We talked about in the, in the scriptures, we talk about how out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your heart is the center of who you are. And if we are not putting up our detectors to understand when we are being distracted and not focusing on the direction that God has for us, we can get ourselves in some sticky situations. 16 years old and on three week punishment because you do not listen and you do not protect the words that have been given you in order to go and be what God has designated or designed for you to do. And so we have to look at how this father is trying to say, son, I'm telling you, if you stay focused, if you do like I direct you to, if you follow along the path that I'm leading you to, it's going to be a lot easier in life for you going forward. Now, I know that probably about 80% of the world follows that philosophy. They listen and they adhere to and they go with, but we also have that 20% I'm going to call right now the trailblazers. They just got to go do it on their own and deal with it on their own. Now the thing about the trailblazers, there's nothing wrong about being a trailblazer if you know the trail that you are on and the direction that that trail is going. The problem is being a trailblazer, you run into this problem. You see every trail and try to go down all of them. But there's only one trail that's right for you. So all the other trails that come up are distractors from you achieving the goal that God has for you. It makes me think about the scripture that says, bring up the child in the way that he should go. And when he gets old, he will not depart from it. I have seen some misinterpretations of that scripture to the point that children no longer want to be a part of the church environment. They don't even want to be around their parents. They don't want to be around nobody. Why? Because the, this is the key. It says, bring the child up in the way that he should go. Not the way that you decided for him to go. Not the way that your family has decided for you to go. None of that. It says the way that he should go. How do we as a parent understand the way that he should go? We understand it by ourselves, first of all, going in the direction that we're supposed to go. Oh, man, I, I'm sorry. Y'all catch that one next week. But you have a direction that you're supposed to go in, and then you're supposed to allow your child to go in the direction that they're supposed to go in. There are plenty of doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs today that are miserable, that are, that are, that are, that are, that are feeling as if they are not accomplishing what God designed them to do. Why? Because they're not accomplishing what God has designed them to do. They have been distracted into something that somebody else wanted for them instead of inclining their heart to the voice of 
the Lord. Uh, we might have to edit that out. We might have to edit that out. Because the fact is, if you want Susie to be a doctor, and Susie can't read but on the fifth grade level, we're going to have some complications. Even if Susie could read on the academic level, but she cannot comprehend, or, you know what, I'm not even going to do comprehension, and she's scared of blood, then how is she going to be a doctor? Because everybody in our family has been a doctor. So you're supposed to be a doctor. I, that just drives me crazy. Why? Because you try to mold a person into your desire instead of allowing them to go in a direction that God has for them to go. And you have now established yourself in the position of the God of that child instead of you being the mediator between them and God and providing them direction so that they will seek God for themselves. This is going in a direction I wouldn't. But this is, the, this is the thing that we have to look at, that we sometimes can be the distractor to other people because of our opinion of what they should be doing. Instead of telling them that they should be seeking the face of God and not letting everything else pull them away from where God has formed. That's why I love it how in verse number 27, he says, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. In the New Testament, it says, for him that knows to do good, and not to do it to him is sin. If you know that God has called you to something, but you decide not to do it because everybody else says you should be doing this, then to you it's a transgression. It is a missing of the mark that God has for you because you're not doing it the way that God has set it up for you to do it. So what we have to do is we have to refocus Focus again. Have you ever been trying to take pictures of somebody and it keep going fuzzy because you got the autofocus on and keep going fuzzy in and out and then, and then you have to move a little bit in order to get it to automatically focus the way you want it? Sometimes focusing takes time. Sometimes we got to sit still and allow adjustments to be made so that we can be in focus. And sometimes it doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes time in order for us to get in the proper focus. And so as we're moving along, we realize that our words can transform us. Our words can uh, misalign us. Our words can cause us complications that will push us into a direction that we are actually not supposed to go. If you realize that everything that comes to you through your senses has an effect on your ability to remain focused, you might be a little careful about what you look at. You might be a little careful about what you listen to. You might be a little careful about how you make your jokes and, and, and talk about things because 
All of that has an effect because, as we said, we have to guard our hearts with all vigilance. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart gains information by the senses then and what it brings in. And what we allow to stay in our heart begins to come out. That's why when you hear certain things, it doesn't matter the environment, you automatically know what that person is talking about. I remember we were we were sitting in the church and uh the person that was preaching was an older preacher. He says, I love it when you call me Big Papa. And I stopped, I hesitated, I closed my eyes, and I said, I know I didn't hear what I just thought I just heard. Because when I heard it, I was thinking about Biggie singing his song. So it took me in a whole different direction, and then it took me a while to get my mind back to what the man was preaching because I was taught, I kept, every time I looked up there, I kept seeing Biggie up there, and I know Biggie was already dead. But you have some relational things that we, and we have to detect that this distraction is showing up in our lives so that we can properly adjudicate it so that we can go forward. Think about this. You are watching your favorite program on television and you say, well, once the commercial come on, I'm going to go get me something out the refrigerator. You get up and you walk towards your refrigerator, and it sounds like the commercial is standing right beside you while you're in the refrigerator. <laughs> Why? Because they have turned up the volume in the commercial because they knew you was going to the refrigerator, and they wanted to make sure that you heard that commercial. So no matter what we're doing, there's things coming from us from all directions. There's things coming to influence us, kind of pushing us, kind of pulling us, kind of pulling us to the right, pulling us to the left. But we have to maintain our direction. Because it wants to, the, 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 the commercial wants to take something out of your pocket. It wants to pull you away. It wants to make you think that this is better than that. And, and it's pulling on you. But we have to maintain our focus. If your goal is to totally be out of consumer debt, then you don't go buy the brand new thing you just saw on TV. Why? Because if I buy the thing that I just saw on TV, then it does not allow me to uh, accomplish my goal. It kind of pulls me to the side because I just need that item. I was getting ready to say something, but I ain't going to say nothing. Got to have that new blanket. You know, it's made out of this Egyptian cotton that was pulled from every third silkworm. And it is, it is just so precious. And they'll even put my initials on it for a small fee. So you know and then you don't have to worry about people taking your blanket because it already has your name on it. And for five easy payments of $25.93, this blanket could be yours. 
And then one day you happen to be walking through another store and you see that same blanket for $19.99. But wait, you can get a second blanket if you pay for shipping and handling from the store. There's always things pulling on us, trying to distract us from what it is that God has going before us. If we can detect distraction, if we are, have our minds available to detect distraction, we just don't let it walk in and take everything from us. We detect it and then we deal with it in a way that will cause it not to pull us to the left or to the right. We can have victory. Because that is our goal. Our goal is to live a life that reflects God's glory to those that are around us. So we have to move in a direction. We have to live in a way. We have to action ourselves so that we are aware of our surroundings. Knowing what's going on around us. Not just seeing, but knowing what's going on around us. Some of us are, uh, we walk into a room and we look and we've counted how many windows, how many doors, how many, how many steps to this location, that location. We just kind of do those kind of things because that's how we do. Some people walk into a room and just sit down and say, I'm in the room. There's nothing wrong with either way, but we have to acknowledge that we cannot become so locked in on one of those paths that we are not aware of things that could be happening that could be a distraction to us in the room. For a while, I could not sit with my back to an entrance to a restaurant because I needed to know what was going on. And then I just got to the point, I said, well, Lord, if you're going to keep me, then I should be able to be able to keep my back to this door. Now, the first time I did that, I probably had a neck cramp, and Yolanda probably thought something was wrong with me because I every time I heard something, I was. <laughs> but over time, as I started saying, well, nothing happened, Lord, I'm going to trust you even more, it got to the point where it didn't even bother me. And, and she'd be like, do you need to sit here? I said, babe, you, you pick out where you want to sit, and I'll just sit opposite you. But over time, because I didn't allow the things to pull me away because I was there to spend time with my lady, not watch who was walking through the door. And so we have to know and we have to detect the distractions that could come our way and try to pull us away from our focus at the moment. There are many things, as I'm winding this one up, there's many things that are trying to pull us from trusting the word of God trying to pull us away from knowing that God has us in the midst of the situation. There's even things in our mind that will try to come forward and tell us that we shouldn't trust God. You know, I've, I've come to realize this also, that the more something tells me not to trust what I know is right, the more it, that thing is just trying to get me in a lot of trouble. Like Yolanda not telling me ahead of time that it was 11 o'clock. It was all her fault. Yes. But I also have a level of responsibility. Yes. When things come my way, 
I have to already know what the standard is so that I can do what I am supposed to do. Yeah, Yolanda was already at home. And Yolanda was already just, just sitting there, whatever we was doing, studying. Yeah, because we studied all the time. And, uh, well, let me take that back. I got I to gotta recant that. Yolanda was studying all the time. I was over there hanging out with Yolanda. I didn't study until it was time for a test. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I just asked the teacher what I need to get on the test. I take that book home. I'd read it, and then I'd get whatever she told me I needed That's to get. Right. Yes. But the, my point is this. We like to deflect our level of responsibility, but it is our heart that's being adversely affected. And because our heart is being adversely affected, it should become paramount in our life on how we want to deal with certain things. Because I've noticed that when you're going, when you have decided to move in a direction, the distractions don't get right in front of you. They get on the side of you, get in your peripheral, and like be waving at you. Because if they can get you to turn one degree, then they can get you to turn two degrees. And they, just, they don't get in front of you, but they stay on the side. And, and, and they try to pull you because if they can pull you off course just a little bit, in the long run, you'll be totally off course. So we want to be locked in and we want to detect you're a distraction. You're a distraction. You're a dist and don't say this about your spouse, please. Don't don't try that nonsense. And, and then you don't you don't you don't be like a pastor said you are a distraction. Well, you want to make some adjustments, brother, cuz that's for life or death. So you got to stay with her forever. But anyway, when we started off, our opening thought was this. Our opening thought was constantly battling distractions that keep us from focusing on Christ is part of our walk with him. It's part of what we're going to do. It's, it's part of us being disciplined to hear the voice of the Lord over the voice of the world. So our final thought is this. We will avert our gaze from distraction and concentrate on Christ instead. That's what we're going to do. We're going to avert our gaze, meaning we're going to lift and shift our gaze from distractions and concentrate on Christ instead. Focus on intensely with the labor, laser, labor, with the laser focus that we've talked about in the beginning, focused on Christ and how he's leading us and it will get us to where he needs for us. To be. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we have to detect distractions so that we can follow the direction of God in our lives. Now, if you have not established a relationship with Jesus as of yet, then we need to get that taken care of first. It is very important that you have a relationship with him. Because he is the one, he is the author, he is the finisher of our faith. He is the one that has placed us in the position in order to understand the direction that God has for us. Because God has created us and not, we ain't create ourselves, it's God that has us here. And he has us here for a purpose. And for us to be locked in and understanding that purpose, we have to have an understanding of what Jesus has done for us also in reconnecting us back 
to the family of God. It's not a complex thing. The Bible reveals it like this, and it says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is saved, and with the mouth confession, uh, I mean, is justified, and with the mouth confession, one confesses, I keep looking at the same scripture, one confesses and is saved. <clears throat> Excuse me. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved means to be rescued, to, means to be delivered. And what are you being saved and delivered from? The penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death, eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is the, the thing that I want us to all realize is that God has set this up that this is not an individual event. This is a team sport. We have all been called together to be helpers one of another to achieve what God has for us to achieve together. Not individually, together. So with that being said, no matter where you are in the world, you can contact us and we'll come alongside you and assist you along this journey. You can contact us at info at GodsHouseCC.com via email, or you can text us at 864-920-0100 anywhere in the world. We will come alongside you and assist you on your newfound journey. Well, friends and family, that's episode number three, detecting distractions, detecting those distractions that will try to pull you off of the path that God has for you. We want to make sure that we refocus and stay focused on the goal, which is to be a kingdom citizen that gives God glory. Next week, we'll be doing episode number four, which will be our final episode for this series. And it is going to be called Next Week, Find Out. All right. With that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.